0: ¶¶ Better fans, welcome to another episode of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got some news to get to. We've got a little bit of recruiting to touch on in both the 2021 and 2022 class. Of course, the 2021 class has now arrived on campus. We'll just kind of discuss that. Um, In terms of 2022, there's been a new offer that I think um, is very interesting. Something that we kind of follow up on from last week's episodes. Um, and then we've got some other news in the 2022 world, as well as some uh, volleyball news and basketball news. So plenty to get to on the news front. Then the back half of the show, we're going to start getting into a new series um, in regards to the new position coaches for Wisconsin football. So kind of just talk about the keys for them in terms of personnel, in terms of recruiting, um, what will allow these new position coaches that have just taken over to really succeed in their first year at UW because I'm trying to think back of years past. There really hasn't been this much turnover uh, from what I can remember in terms of position coaches. So many new faces taking on um, some pretty significant roles. So we'll kind of touch on what will bring success to those rooms. And we'll start today with the cornerback room and uh, cornerback coach Hank So It should be a fun series to kind of go through some of these guys and and touch on um, each of those position rooms and what will kind of help make them succeed as they move forward at UW. Matt? How are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, I think today's going to be a, a fun little episode
1: here. I'm excited about the the coaching talk that we're going to be having here over the next few episodes. I think it's going to be something a little different to to run through and, and really give a better shed a little bit more light on some of the newer coaches that are in the program. Because like you mentioned, there's been a lot of turnover, and so I think it's going to be fun to break that down.
0: Yeah, most definitely will be. There's it's just it's like I said, it's crazy to see how many their new names there have been and so far I think a lot of them are, are having success but it's still very, very early into where um you know their career paths have been in terms of at Madison, I know the inroads like Gary Brown who who's coming over as a guy And the NFL circuit now really taking on the role of recruiter on the Twitter sphere, um, from what we've seen so far. So it should be fun. God, you gotta love it. You gotta love his his recruiting style. Um, we were all wondering what it would be, you know, being a guy that came from the professional level, and he seems to be embracing that role, no problem at all. So hopefully that will pay dividends for him, um, and Wisconsin in the long run. But should be fun to kind of get a little bit more in depth more than just the, you know, who's going to be the starter, things like that. It's going to be, you know, a little bit of a conversation on what will make that room successful not only this year but in years to come. So it should be fun. But before we do that, let's go ahead and, and get to, into some news. We've got a little bit of, a little bit of everything to touch on in, in terms of news. Uh, in terms of the 2021 class, like I mentioned, the full class has arrived on campus. They're tweeting out some pictures of the guys at Camp Randall everyone's looking excited, happy to be there. So I don't know if there's a ton you can make from it just off of that, but how exciting is it to see this full class finally be on campus? Because I know for for us and a lot of listeners, they've been following some of these guys for two, three years in terms of their recruitment to finally committed to now being on campus. It's always a, a fun situation to see some of these faces in Camp Randall.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, there's, there's very little you can gain um, but it's it is definitely excite, exciting to have them on campus. I think if there's one thing that you can take away, it is that Nolan Rucci is freaking huge. Um, <laughs> you you look at that picture at the terrace, and um, Benchwal looks looks like a a traditional uh you know 18 year old who who's just really big, and then you've got Nolan Rucci next to him, and he kind of is got a, obviously a couple extra inches, looks way more cut up and, and thin, like he could probably add a, a bunch of weight to that 290, 295 pound frame. And so I think that was the one thing that really stood out was uh, he, he is in really good shape for an 18 year old who who is just graduating, just getting on campus, and the offensive line room has to be
0: really excited
1: about what they got in in that kid.
0: Yeah, he he blows my mind when you look at the pictures of him because you look at his arms and they're just massive. But then you look at his face and he's still so young in the face that you're like, this kid is gonna just be an absolute monster. But he looks like an eight, seventeen, eighteen-year-old kid um in his face, and then is you know just his the how built he is is just uh, incredible. So yeah, I think you got to be excited about him and a lot of the other guys. It was just nice to see smiling faces of everybody you know getting on campus. I know. This is probably a weird time you know moving on to moving into school and also taking over and starting up you know a football career at, at a high division one level. but it, it was good to see some of those faces get on campus and, and see where their careers will, will kind of start out now because like I said, you've been following them for two or three years, but this is really the beginning for, for them at, at Madison and now you can follow them you know even closer to see where their careers will, will kind of take off and, and go. Um, And I know there's a lot of young guys in the class that people are excited about, but it was good to see them uh, on campus for sure.
1: Yeah, and that they all made it. Uh, I I Mm -hmm. think every once in a while you see things pop up where a guy didn't clear academically or certain things just happen, and then all of a sudden there's one guy and you're kind of scratching your head. But they were all there. Um, I don't think... Jackson Acker was in the picture, but I, I know he, he was having like a track meet and whatnot, so he'll he'll be there. Um, so overall, I think that's something positive to take from it: is there was no um, last-second shakeups in, in everything.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That class was, you know, very well put together and, and got a lot of talent on there, so you wanted to get there. Um, you know, smooth sailing, and it looks like they've done that, so that's always exciting. And uh, best of luck to that 2021 group as they uh, get settled in onto campus. Moving on to 2022 now, um, there's been an offer thrown out to tight end J.T. Seagreaves of Monroe, which when you think about what we talked about last week, um, interesting offer in regards to that Andrew Keller situation. It seems right now, just given the fact that Seagreaves worked out with UW um, along with Andrew Keller, it sounds like that Seagreaves might be the guy that's kind of on top of their tight end board, so another layer to that interesting tight end room development that we've had over the last few months. Um, you, know, you start with Mike O'Reilly-Ducker all of a sudden, you know him not being there. Then you think there's some easy you know, fixes, and all of a sudden it seems like there's an added layer to that. So what do you make of that situation? Do you see him as kind of the top tight end on their board right now?
1: I think you have
0: to look at it that way. They don't have that many scholarships off. Out, uh, the,
1: the kid who's committed to DC, uh, with the last name Franklin, he's another guy that, that might, um, be there, but he's, he's currently committed. So I think it won't take, go past this weekend where he's gonna be committed with to Wisconsin. But I think it's fascinating because you look at it, they, they had him for two different days at camp. Um, he was really a basketball recruit for a long time, had a, a few Division II offers, um, Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan Hill, Hillsdale, um, and was really kind of looking at that, using that 6'6 six, six frame to play small forward for, for Monroe. And is really, I mean, if you watch his basketball highlights, that's what's pins fill on his Twitter. So you can see that this is pretty new for him. Um, but really, his highlights show a kid who can move really well. He's just dunking on folks left and right is pretty much what it is. He's either hitting threes or or dunking on people. And um, played really well from a basketball standpoint, good rebounder. So I think those all translate nicely, those ball skills, um, the ability to be physical um, and will help him out. Uh, Played football there as well, kind of as tight end, kind of a guy who split out at times in their run-heavy scheme for Monroe. But I think overall – you have to be looking at this as a positive because they saw him two different times at camp. They saw him run, you know, that four six five or so, and and um, see what he's doing in terms of track and basketball. Wisconsin does so well with multi-sport kids that I think you're looking at a kid who who has a lot of potential, and and they're really looking for somebody to be kind of that flex tight end to help them out. And when you com- they obviously compared him to Keller, they had them both working out, throwing right next to each other, and they liked Seagreaves more. And so I think that that is a strong indication of of just what they see in this kid. When you look at uh, all of the offers that Keller has, I don't think they're just going to say, oh, we're going to go with the kid who's not quite as good. I think this is a situation where they saw something and they really like what he brings to the table.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation for sure When you when you just add in the fact that he's not maybe – as you know, you, you mentioned a more of a basketball recruit for the, from the start. All of a sudden, you know, getting into football a little bit more, and then you know, to go camp at UW and, and really clearly must have impressed something um, or someone to, to really get that um, offer thrown out to him. So um, I, I applaud Wisconsin for really doing their homework. You see, the Badgers do a really good job of getting some of these guys that aren't necessarily you know. thankfully, Wisconsin the last few years has really picked up the recruiting in terms of picking up guys with with high star talent, which is always a good thing. But Wisconsin really, their bread and butter sometimes can be getting some of these guys that are not necessarily high-ranking recruits, guys that they can bring in, develop, get them in their system, get them in the weight room, put on some weight, and and, they do a good job of kind of seeing the intangibles and, and seeing the potential of some of these players. And I think that's the situation here. Uh, They clearly saw, you know, right in front of their face what they wanted to see and and put out that offer, and it's going to be interesting to see how that tight end room kind of shakes out, but you would have to think right now that it seems like a pretty good chance that this might be the guy that they'll end up landing in that 2022 class for that tight end room. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if it is.
1: If it happens this weekend when he comes on in his official visit, I know we're going to talk more about the official visitors later on this week. But, but really, I, I just think he—he's a kid who this was the offer he wanted. Uh, I would anticipate that he'll be a Badger tight end by uh, by the end of this weekend. So, uh, overall, I think it's great. You—you you look at him, really good track track athlete as well. Um, won the conference track meet in the 200. Just recently at 6'6", he's got plenty of weight to to add and room to grow. He looks pretty lean in his photos. So I think it seems like a, a great projection, and now it's just a matter of seeing if one of these multi-sport kids who has that basketball background can, can translate, which happens quite a bit at the tight end, in terms
0: of tight ends, I should say. It certainly does. All right, moving on down the 2022 line. Defensive lineman Curtis Neal has set his decision date for June 27th, of course, between Wisconsin and Ohio State, really. I think you still have to feel pretty good about him being a Badger, but uh, and I know the crystal balls kind of feel that way as well, but how are you feeling about him being a Badger, and how exciting is it to finally have, you know, I think there's some commitments that are going to be close here and soon here, but at least we have... Um, one on the calendar coming up that will hopefully be a, a commitment to Wisconsin.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why the, the long wait between, between, uh, the visits and then making a decision, but maybe the date means something for him. But I, I do think Wisconsin's in a really good spot. I think they did everything they can. They were literally his first offer, you know, Power Five offer coming out of, a high school that they have a really good track record with. They they prioritized him. They, they've stuck with him through an injury. They've kind of proved to be one of his top contenders this whole time. Ohio State came in with a visit. It was a much bigger, like, pomp and circumstance over his visit to Wisconsin than you didn't hear a peep much from his Ohio State visit. I mean, Instagram, he was still hitting it up. But in terms of, like, media coverage and everything, it, it kind of tells you, that usually you want to go to the school where they want you more. Um, you know, he's just an, another guy. If he heads to Ohio State, he's a big-time defensive line crew. If he heads to Wisconsin, um, and I'm sure Wisconsin let him know that. Um, I, I think it's it's just a matter of what he wants. This this has a feel where Wisconsin has done really good, and hopefully they can close it out. But Ohio State always kind of just looms, and every once in a while you see guys who who kind of make that decision and go go to Ohio State is, an, is a high three-star kid, and, and a lot of times it just doesn't pan out, um, whereas they could have been a really uh, talented player at Wisconsin. But we'll see. I think Wisconsin should feel really good about where they're at. I still think Wisconsin wins out, but, but at the same time, it is Ohio State, and you never know um, what can happen in terms
0: of these battles. Yeah, that's a great point, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, you, know, I guess we didn't, you didn't seem to hear or see as much from his visit at Ohio State, which is certainly a good sign when you consider everything you saw from him as a, as his a Wisconsin um, visit. Didn't want to leave, was certainly having a good time, and you, you knew that. So hopefully that plays well for the Badgers like you mentioned. Ohio State is always a team that's going to loom, and until you know for sure that um, that situation is still a possibility, but I think Wisconsin's got to feel good about where they're at um, with him right now and i know the i know the badger staff and badger fans would be ecstatic to land a player like him um because he's going to be you know he tweeted out multiple times he's got a chip on his shoulder he's excited so if he's a guy that comes to madison you know he's going to be a guy that's going to be ready to work and and get after it and and really have something to prove which i think um just given his raw skill set and and maybe having a little bit of a chip on his shoulder i think that'd be a really nice mix um for a defensive lineman at wisconsin and hopefully he can uh announce that commitment here. I know it's going to be a a long, you know, few days of waiting. I I know he tweeted that he was ready to make his decision, so um, he's going to have us on, you know, anticipation for a few days, but it should be fun, and and hopefully it ends up in the Badgers' favor.
1: Yeah, and I think Wisconsin, I mean, you, you see June 27th, and you're looking at 12 days from now. But, but it is interesting that I think that they're going to go on a little mini run here because I think they're going to pick up a couple commitments this weekend. I, I, I think that um, they've got some other guys who are drawing near to a decision here soon in, in terms of the in-state guys. Um, Billy Schroff is a kid that I think Wisconsin is, is in the thick of things and could easily win out over Notre Dame, which seemed like a long shot a while back. So I think the Badgers are trending in a nice way here and I'm interested to see if they can kind of grab some momentum and if, if they've got a bunch of it, that I think that only strengthens their chances to get a guy like Neil after he's gone
0: on visits with a lot of these guys. All right, moving on down the news line. We're going to talk a little volleyball here quick, guys. Um, Three Badgers named to the U.S. National Team camps in Dana Retke, Devin Robinson, and Sydney Reed. Um, Really exciting time for them. Of course, Dana Retke has trained with those teams before, but I think for Wisconsin's situation, it's really promising to have Robinson and Sydney Reed taking part in those camps because similar to the Jonathan Davis situation with him training with the U19 team, I think this is an opportunity for all three of them to get better, but you kind of know, you know Dana Retke, she can certainly get better, but she's pretty good already, and I don't think you have to worry about that too much. But if for a player like Devin Robinson, who's already played well at the collegiate level um, and, and really looks like a promising up-and-coming player that can really take over as that next star, I think this is a really good situation for her to you know, get some training under rebel at, at those national team camps. So what do you make of that situation and just how big is that for the Badgers?
1: Yeah, I think it's big because you look at Robinson and Reed, they're two of the younger players that are probably going to take on even bigger roles next year. Reed, uh, didn't, didn't really play last year as, um, other than is her time at North Carolina. So I think it's going to be fun to see what she can do as a defensive specialist. Um, and, and then Robinson, I think the sky's the limit for her just based off of the tools she has, just how well she played last year. Um, so I think this is a really good opportunity for those two. You mentioned Retke's at a point where we know what uh, she is. She knows what she can bring to the table when she's healthy, and I, I think that she's going to do remarkable things as uh, as she comes back for another year and plays on the national team. But I think, really, the, the two youngsters in Reed and Robinson is going to be exciting. And also, I did not know that Sidney Reed, what her dad was a former Badger and one that was part of the 99 Rose Bowl team.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that either. I I saw that in the article on on Bucky's Fifth Quarter, and I was like, oh, that's a nice surprise. You can see athleticism in the family for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. All right. We'll move on to a little bit of basketball recruiting now. We discussed the fact last weekend, um, of course, this upcoming weekend represents a big official visit weekend, but 2023 forward Gussie Alden stopped by Madison this past Tuesday from everything that I could see, um, uh, looked like he had a great time. Was taking pictures with Barry Alvarez and, uh, the coaching staff, Greg Gard. Um, so it looked like it went well. He enjoyed it. He's another kid. When we were talking about Nolan Rushi with a young face, he's got that young face, but just a huge frame that, um, I'm sure basketball coaches see and, and they think, you know, can, can really develop into something. So. Um, uh, of course, like I mentioned, a big weekend coming up, but it's nice to have a, a strong and and higher ranking player like Gus Alden on campus. Um, a little bit before that,
1: yeah, and he, he kind of did a little Midwest swing, stopped over with Marquette, Wisconsin, Iowa, Iowa State, Butler. So Wisconsin has has been a team he's from Appleton. You got to think that the Badgers are in good space for him. I know that he's made that um. Very apparent that he loves Wisconsin. Um, just another stop because he's been there quite a bit. But I think he his game, I know we mentioned it a, a while back when he announced that he was going to be visiting, his game has really taken off. He, he's a really talented player, 2023 20, kid, so he's still got a ways before he'll be on any campus. But uh, he, he kind of reminds you of Luca Garza in a way and his ability to play inside and out. He, he might not have the, the height of Garza, but a thicker guy who can – can do some damage in the post, but he can also step out and and hit from three. And that was something that I really um, jumped out to me as as just his growth as a player was his ability to shoot um, and and step out because he moves really well for you know six nine and and uh, a little huskier. I think he's a player that could really really play well and, and fit in nicely with Wisconsin's scheme. And so I think that you look at it, they don't have any other offers out to him or other than to him in the 2023 class, and I think that they're really going to continue to prioritize him, which gives the Badgers a fighting shot. Even once I think some other schools get involved, that that are bound to happen here, because the the Blue Buds are going to come calling for him because he's a top level player.
0: Oh, for sure, that's going to be important for Wisconsin, I think, to you know have that, you know, his interest so far really, you know, growing up as a player, and a fan of Wisconsin that way, but also. Just getting in that recruitment early, I think will make a big, you know, big dividends because, like you mentioned, the the blue bloods are going to be coming. He's too talented of a player for them to not. So that that only I think makes Wisconsin feel good about the situation too, is that they did their due diligence and you know that means that the the the, play, the caliber of the player is certainly there. That some of these other big schools will certainly come in, but. Um, always great to see a, a player like his on campus, and we'll see how that situation shakes out. Of course, him being 2023, got a lot more time to, to take his time and make some of the decisions, so I wouldn't expect anything to be happening there, but it's always good to see a player like his caliber um, you know, coming around and, and seeing Madison for what it is. So, All right, guys, that wraps up the news portion. We'll get our ad reads out of the way, and then we'll dive into our position coach, keys, starting with Hank Poteet in the cornerback room. All right, so with so many new position coaches, we decided to take a deep dive into what will make this coach and, and room have a strong year, not only on the field, but also moving forward in terms of recruiting. So we'll talk, like we mentioned, we'll start with quarterback coach Hank Boti, new to UW, of course, but a lot of exp- experience as a player. He's also been in the college level um, coaching. Uh, so you have to feel good about what he brings in terms of scheme, I think, and talent. Um, but how do you feel like the room kind of has already developed under him from the limited amount of, of news and, and talkings that we've heard from them, um, you know, in this spring season kind of presser? I think, I think you have to feel comfortable and excited about what he brings. I, I think it's
1: big that they have shifted away from having Leonard coach the entire secondary and run the defense. I think that's a lot. To put on his plate, so I think that this was a really nice hire. He, he like you mentioned, he's got a lot of success. Uh, I think that you, the exciting part so far is that you saw you saw a couple young corners, and, and really they're not super young, but still young, younger in terms of the program, step up and and kind of compete for that nickel role. Um, Dean Ingram and Alexander Smith, both players that um, I, I don't think either of us would have. I should say, Dean Ingram I kind of pinpointed as a guy that could, could jump in and grab that nickel spot. But Alexander Smith was not one of the players that I thought was going to be in contention for that. But to see both of them kind of step up I think is is big. And I think it's also exciting because a couple of the other guys that you think could step up didn't even get to go during the spring, so they they could jump in and and kind of shake up that as well. A kid like Samar Melvin who, who has flash potential throughout um, so I think that overall he's done a nice job of helping this group grow. Um, they've got those experienced to seniors in Fayon Hicks and Caesar Williams, but then now to kind of see some of the younger guys kind of jump up, take advantage of those opportunities and make some plays, I think has been exciting. And, and I think that fans should be excited about what Potique can bring to the table based off of a, a guy who played in the NFL for so long um, and has, has really kind of Found his niche and stuck with cornerbacks uh, in, in both the MAC and, and now with Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, I like that you mentioned at the the top of that, you know, that Jim Leonard is of course, you know, was was formerly the cornerback coach, secondary coach. That way, to have a fresh set of eyes is, is always important, but also to have you know that that room have its own set of eyes, I think is great. There's no doubt that uh, I'm sure Jim Leonard was was coaching those guys up and and giving them um, as much as he could, but also he might have been. I don't want to say spread too thin, but that's a lot to have on your plate. You're calling the defense, you're working with other position coaches, um, you, and you're trying to handle the entire secondary. So I think it will be good for Wisconsin to have a guy that is paying close attention to that room. And also we've seen from time and time again that a fresh set of eyes can sometimes allow you to see something that, you know, or or see someone, you know, like an Alexander Smith who had potential, you saw him there, but, in terms of before Hank Boteet took over, wasn't a guy that was maybe on the radar as much. And all of a sudden maybe he came in, saw him, Jim Leonard trust him to, to have his guys ready, and, and it seems like Hank Boteet has a trust in him and in developing some of these younger guys. So I think this room, you know, with, with Hicks and Williams, you feel good about what you've got, and those guys will certainly get better. But to have a guy that has played at the NFL level, played at the collegiate level, coached at the collegiate level, coming in to teach you some other techniques, to allow the older guys to get better, but to really develop um, the younger guys, I think is going to be important. So I've, I think you've already seen some dividends there. They, I think they've got some depth that they'll feel good about. And once some of these other guys that didn't really get to go a ton in spring get going, I think the the sky's the limit as to what this room can certainly be from, from top to bottom.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just going to be fascinating to watch and see kind of how everything looks in the fall. Um, in terms of personnel, is there a player you think that, Petit can help kind of take their personal game to the next level.
0: Yeah, it's kind. Of, I think it goes off that same wavelength that I just kind of mentioned that you you have you have Williams and Hicks and you know what you've got there. There's no doubt that those guys will get better, but I think only being a, a year with those, you know, that group together, Petit and the older guys, you're you're only going to get so much. So I think the really the focus of where some of these guys can get a lot better is that secondary group of younger guys that. Still have a couple years ahead of them. You can still make an impact and, and really grow in the system that Hank Poteet's trying to put in there. So it's nice to see the the Dean Ingrams, the Alexander Smiths, um, see what he can do with a guy like Dante Burton, who's got a lot of talent already. Samar Melvin, another one, like you mentioned, had some glimpses, had some flashes at Wisconsin. Could be a guy that with with some strong coaching from a you know a caliber coach like Poteet in terms of you know having that NFL experience. Being a guy that can come in and teach, you know, pro techniques, he could be a guy that really elevates his game. So I think that younger—and I don't want to say younger, because like you mentioned, a lot of these guys have been at UW for a couple years now and and had a little bit of playing time. But that middle group of, of not the youngest group, not those old, you know, couple, but that middle group that's going to definitely take on a bigger role next year, I, I think, is going to be important because you're you know, with Hicks and Williams, you know, being those older guys, you're going to likely have a couple guys that will, or at least two three spots that will be opened up, and, and they're going to want somebody that you can work with this year to feel good about but also step into a full-time starter role next year. So I think that mid-tier group is going to be important where Hank Poti can really get in and have a couple years of teaching um, to advance them a little bit.
1: Yeah, I like I like that you chose that group. Um, I I did something similar in in terms of who I think. I think Dean Ingram for one. Um, I think really the freshman and sophomore where he's where he can kind of mold these guys into what he wants. I think it's, it seems like he likes to do a little bit more press coverage, a little bit more throw it out, throw these guys on an Island, which I think is, is exciting because it means that it allows Jim Leonard to get a little bit more um, attacking with his guys off the edge. But, but I think Ingram, you look at Ingram also helped out with punt returns. Um, and Poteet was a prolific um, return man um, in the NFL. And with, Pittsburgh, so I think that's something that um, just having that dynamic as your position coach, but also can help you out and shepherd you in that way, is is important. But then the other freshmen and sophomores, um, we also we already mentioned um, Tamar Melvin, but even a guy like Max Loefy, who who is entering his um, second year in the program here, you're looking at uh, the two incoming freshmen as well that that just are getting on campus now. Um, Players such as Ricardo Hallman, as well as um, um oh, the kid out of Cherry Creek. Uh, um, I'm his name? <laughs> yeah, um, he's <laughs> definitely er, he was an early enrollee uh, actually, and so Al Asper. um, yeah, Al Ashford. Jeez, <laughs> holy. Yep, are on it. <laughs> yeah, but he, he he's already been on campus, and he's a kid that. Supposedly had some nice returns. He's a longer kid at six one. had some length in terms of his ability at a, as a corner. So I think you look at Hallman, Ashford, Lofi as a couple younger guys that he's going to have in this program for a lot longer. Um, hopefully he doesn't forget Al Ashford's name and can kind of help him along, <laughs> unlike myself.
0: Yeah, that one was was stumping us both. But I think that's a great point. Those younger guys, um, you know, again, yeah, that development with these new position coaches, allowing them to work with each other for years is certainly important. You know, when you, It's similar to like when a head coach takes a new job and you've got some of these upperclassmen. You know, they'll certainly buy into it and learn as much as they can, but these younger guys having years and years to develop in the scheme that they want to go for I think will be um, super important. So it's going to be nice to see the trajectory of those three players as well um, on the younger side that well for his kind of personnel and scheme and style. What is something that you're going to be watching for this year cuz I know, you know, like you said, we like we've said already, we haven't had a cornerback coach to really teach them the ins and outs. You've had Jim Leonard managing that already, but now you've got a guy that's played that position at the highest level you can and certainly has some techniques. So, what you what will you be kind of watching for in the cornerback room that might be different and and kind of change from this, you know, past seasons?
1: Well, I think first is is he going to be able to get this group to generate more turnovers? That's something that they haven't really been able to do the past handful of years. You see most turnovers um, in the secondary coming from the safety position, which um, is not a bad thing. It's That's a positive thing to have. But can the cornerbacks kind of generate more turnovers and get involved there? Uh, the other thing is just we saw Jim Leonard have a willingness to kind of um shake up his lineup frequently and, and rotate guys in, try different guys in different situations and really try to put it so that his best players were out there. Um, how does Poteet do with that? Is he more of a guy who's like, I want my top three and I'm gonna run these top three and go with or top four and I'm gonna run with that. Um, or is it or is there gonna be still a lot of rotating guys in to keep them fresh? And to just try different combinations to try to get some younger guys some, some, uh, some game experience. So I think that's going to be something that I'm going to be specifically watching for with Hank Poteet is one, does he continue to rotate guys? And two, can he get them to be a little bit more ball hawking and, and be able to generate some more, uh, turnovers? Because this defense could really use that. And, and if they're able to, To do that, it makes the job of the front seven even easier, and it helps out the safeties and really just changes the entire defense because we've seen Wisconsin, when they're doing really well at generating turnovers, this defense is really, really good, and hopefully he can help them get to that point with the cornerbacks.
0: Yeah, and I think kind of going off that same wavelength in terms of aggressive, in terms of turnovers, I'm interested to see how – how aggressive he has his corners, how physical he has his corners play, because Jim Leonard and Hank Poteet played in a similar era at a professional level. At that time when they were playing and, and now coaching, it, it's definitely been a game that's changed a little bit. I think when they were playing, you saw a lot more physicality from the cornerback position, guys that were able to hit, be aggressive, have your hands on players. We, now in the NFL especially, you see it where it's a lot more ticky-tacky, a lot more touchy. But even last year at the college level, Wisconsin, you know, from Jim Leonard's kind of teachings a little bit and, you know, being aggressive, being physical, got some ticky-tacky flags from, you know, that that Northwestern game, Caesar Williams kind of really sticks out. But there was a lot of situations where you kind of scratched your head at, at the flags, but Wisconsin didn't shy away from being aggressive. So with those guys kind of playing in that same era, probably having similar teachings, I'm interested to see just how physical the corners will be, how much they'll, um, you know, you mentioned that p- kind of putting them on an island, how much they'll be out there as well, but also how aggressive they can be. So, And, and going off of that, if you're aggressive, you'll, you'll certainly hopefully force some more turnover. So I think that whole situation um, with the cornerback room is going to be fascinating to watch.
1: Yeah, because I think he can really help this group in a lot of ways. And like you mentioned, this can result in... Having Jim Leonard be freed up to really get more, even more creative in what he's doing up front with, with some of his stunts and things, which I think can only then help the safeties at the back end, the cornerback room. And so it's a nice, nice feedback loop if, if, if he can get
0: this going with the cornerback group. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch from the personnel this year. But in terms of success for these new position coaches, you know, part of that is teaching techniques on the field, but the other huge part to succeed is recruiting, and I think by far and away for some of these, that's going to be not the make-or-break situation, but we'll really be able to elevate them in terms of a quality position coach. Of course, Hank Boteet has been at the collegiate level before, so it's not like he's new to the recruiting you know world um, in that regard. So he's got a few guys on his board right now that you can see circled um, for this 2022 class. Who do you think the guys will be key for Petit to maybe land as a position coach and hopefully excel that cornerback room going forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it right now, and they have got they have four guys who are scheduled in June to take official visits. Um, James Mons is coming at the end of the month. I think he's going to be the toughest one to get just based off of his offer list um, and, and really just interest level and some other programs. Avion Jones, though, I think he's coming up this weekend, um, recently decommitted from Oklahoma State, and it seems like the Badgers are in a really good spot. And, and then you've got a Corey Lide, who actually just canceled his Boston College visit, so maybe that opens up the door even more for Wisconsin to, to get involved. And Caleb Coley out of Georgia. So you're looking at, you got four guys that I think the Badgers are in really good position with, which is a, a testament to how quickly he can build these relationships with all four players since he he came fairly late in the process. But I think with Wisconsin scholarship distribution, you got to think maybe even three cornerbacks that you'd want to bring in. After only taking two last year, you took in Max Lofi um, in the year prior. So really you're, you're not looking at um, a whole lot of different cornerbacks in your room. You're going to be losing quite a few guys after next year with both Fayon Hicks as well as, um, Deron Harrell and, um, and Williams all gone. I mean, Harrell could potentially be back with an extra year, but, but really, I think you're, you're going to be losing three guys. So I would think they'd bring in three guys to replenish that room a bit. I think if he can land three out of the four that are coming on official visits, fans should be ecstatic, and I think that's what he's probably hoping for, um, just because you don't hear a lot of Wisconsin being involved with a lot of other corners. So I think if you get two, I think they're happy, but three out of the four, and and I think that that could really change the complexion of the quarterback room under Poteet.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I I think you've got to hope that you land at least two of them. Um, You know, who it might be is – is kind of a crapshoot right now. Of course, a lot of these guys still having to take visits, which could change it. But I think you have to feel really good about at least a couple of the situations. You know, if Avion Jones comes on to, to campus and feels good about it, I think you got to like what you've got there. And the other guys, you know, of course, some of them are going to be a little bit down the road, like you mentioned with James Mond, maybe a little bit tougher. But you never know. These are situations where Wisconsin – um, coming where he's at in Florida, you could make a, a run at that. But I think at least landing two of them to replace some of the guys that are going out, if you could get a third, I think all four of them are extremely talented and would certainly set you up well. But for him to land two in his, his first year with um, two guys that you feel really good about in terms of their recruiting and in terms of their talent, I think would be huge. And then if you were able to land three, I think you sign up. as As long as things look good on the field this upcoming year and you land a few recruits, I think you got to sign off as uh, it being a really solid year for that cornerback room. So those situations are going to be interesting to watch. And with a couple of those visits coming up this weekend, um, or an Avion and Jones, that should be a fun one to watch and an interesting situation to see how it plays out in the cornerback room.
1: Yeah, no, he. I think he's got everything set up nicely for them to be able to close on a few of these guys. Now he's just got to make it happen.
0: All right, guys. That wraps up another episode of the podcast. That was a fun discussion getting into the cornerback room and the situations around there. Uh, so we'll continue to do that with other position coaches uh, down the road. Anyone that was new, we'll get into a little bit of that and, and have a similar discussion with each, with each of those. We'll be back with you later in the week, of course, next or later in this week. We'll recap and preview. Um, the upcoming recruiting weekend, another big weekend coming up for Wisconsin football. So we'll touch on all of that. We've also got some possible interviews in the works. So, uh, stay tuned for a fun, uh, few episodes of Bucky's Fifth podcast. We'll keep churning them out a couple times a week, um, like usual. So as always, guys, thank you for listening on Wisconsin. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,